Now in the following verses, more attributes of Allah are mentioned. Allah says, Huwallavi, He is the one who Khalaqa Samawati wal Arda. He is the one who has created the heavens and the earth. In how long? Fi sittati ayamin in six days. Could he not create them in one moment? Yes, he could. Definitely he could. Then why did he create them in six days? It's his wish. It's his will. Right? What's the hikmah? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeat this over and over in the Quran? Six days. Six days. What does it mean? Six stages. Right? Six stages. This doesn't mean that there were no time periods. Of course there are time periods. But each time period, what does it mean? That something was accomplished in one time period. When that was accomplished, as we learn in hadith that on the first day, a certain thing was created. On the second day, another thing was created. Right? So six stages you could say. And then finally, with every stage accomplished, what happened? By the end of the sixth day, the heavens and the earth were created. The skies and the earth were created. What does this teach us? Firstly, how much attention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the creation of the heavens and the earth. And that only shows us the love, the rahmah that Allah has for the creation. Because look at the importance that Allah gave to the heavens and the earth. But you know what? There's this heavens and the earth that we're in right now, the earth that we're living in right now. But there's another place that Allah has created. And what is that place? It is Jannah. Right? And as we learn from hadith, that Allah has made it Himself. He has planted its gardens Himself. That is more beloved to Him. So this, Allah sent us here. Our job is to find a way where? To paradise as well. So anyway, this teaches us firstly, that how much care and attention was given to the creation of the heavens and the earth. And secondly, this shows us, the importance of completing the tasks that we start, that we begin. That how this was in, done in stages so that it would be accomplished. The creation of the heavens and the earth should be completed. So in this is a lesson for us also. When we start something, when we begin doing something, and we do the tests of the first Jews, and then the second Jews, and the third Jews, and the fifth Jews, and then on and on and on, then what should we do? Complete them or not? Complete them or not? What do you think? Complete them so that we can get somewhere. Right? So nobody should be coming to me in the last week of December, on the last day, I have so many juice tests to make up. What should I do? Make them up right now. School has not started yet. Has it? Has it started yet? I know you're very busy enjoying the summer. Right? But take time out. And get your retests done now. Don't wait until later. Because if you wait until later, then it'll be impossible. So anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Then upon the creation of the skies and the earth, what happened? Then he rose above the throne. Istawa ala al-arsh. Which arsh is this? The arsh of Allah. The throne of Allah. That is the most grand. That is the largest creation. The biggest creation that we know of. And where is this arsh? Beneath the arsh is the entire creation. And above the arsh is who? 
Allah. As he has said over here, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ Now istawa, it means to rise. And yes, the word has different meanings depending on what other words come along with it. Sometimes it gives the meaning of paying, of directing one's attention towards something or becoming balanced, firmly established, different meanings or becoming equal. There are different meanings of the word istawa. Alright? But remember that these meanings, we know of them in relation to the creation. And when we're talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there's one rule we have to remember. That we don't resemble Him to the creation. So when He istawa, when He rose above the throne, how did He do that? In a manner that befits His glory. We don't know, we didn't see. So there's no point in talking about it. Enough for us is, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ Then He established Himself above the throne. He is Allahir. And even though He is Allahir, He is above the throne, يَعْلَمُ مَا يَلِجُ فِي الْأَرْضِ He knows what goes into the earth. يَلِجُ وَاو لَام جِيم وَلُوج To enter into something. He knows what enters into the earth. Now just imagine, what goes into the earth is going even lower. Isn't it? Where is Allah? Above the throne. Istawa ala al-arsh. Just imagine the distance. Just imagine the distance. And now something is going even further down. And it is still in Allah's knowledge. He knows what enters into the earth, what goes into the earth, what penetrates into the earth. And what is it that goes into the earth? Different things. What goes into the earth? You tell me. Water. Right? Seeds. All right. Dead creatures. Critters. Insects. Different things go into the earth. وَمَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهَا And whatever that comes out of it. Whatever that comes out of the earth emerges from it, issues from it. Allah knows about that also. What comes out of the earth? Vegetation, water, right? Minerals. Again, different creatures. So, وَمَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهَا Whatever that comes out of the earth, Allah knows about it. وَمَا يَنزِلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ Whatever comes down from the sky, whatever descends from the sky. What descends from the sky? Rain, right? Angels come down, right? Allah's mercy, it comes down. His decrees, they are brought down by the angels and then they're executed. Remember, on Laylatul Qadr, what happens? تَنَزَّلُوا الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالرُّوحُ فِيهَا بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ أَمْرٍ So whatever comes down, Allah knows about it. وَمَا يَعْرُجُ فِيهَا And whatever ascends into it. عروج, عرج, is to go high. So whatever goes up into the sky, Allah knows about that also. What goes up into the sky? Yes, the angels, they ascend back into the sky. There was sabihati sabha. They're always gliding, but down from the sky to the earth and back from the earth to the sky, as the Prophet ﷺ explained. What else goes up into the sky? Our du'as, our righteous deeds. Ilayhi yasadul, yasadul kalimu tayyib wal amalu salihu yarfa'uhu. The good words, righteous deeds, they go high. They ascend to him. They go up to him. Whatever we do. It goes up, the good or the bad. So, وَمَا يَعْرُجُ فِيهَا وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ 
and He is with you. Ainama kuntum, wherever you are, wallahu bima ta'amaluna basir, and Allah of whatever you do is seeing. He is with you wherever you are. What does this mean? You are never hidden from Allah. His company is always there. It doesn't matter where you are. Whether you're in the car, or you're in a forest, you're at home in the basement, or you're in your room, or you're at school, wherever you are. You're traveling, you're sitting in a train or in a plane, wherever you are. No matter what time it is, whether you're with people or alone, He knows all your states, all your actions, where you go and what you do. In Surah Al-Ra'd, Ayah 10, Allah says, سَوَاءٌ مِّنْكُمْ مَنْ أَسَرَّ الْقَوْلَ وَمَنْ جَهَرَ بِهِ It is the same to him. All. They're all the same to him. Who? Those who keep their words or say them out very softly, very secretly. And those who say them out very openly and publicly. It's all the same to Allah. We think only those people who make videos about others, you know, criticizing them and mocking at them and spreading rumors and lies about them, maybe they're doing something very evil. But we could be doing the same evil action, sitting in our living room, casually commenting about individuals, backbiting them. Because Allah heard us when we were sitting in our living room, and Allah heard the person who made a video and publicized it. It's all the same to Allah. It's all the same to Allah. Wallahu bima ta'amaluna basir. And Allah is seeing whatever that you do. In Surah Hud, Ayah 5, Allah says, يَعْلَمُ مَا يُسِرُّونَ وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ Allah knows what they conceal and what they reveal. إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ He knows whatever is in the chest, whatever is in the hearts. Whatever people keep inside them. Nothing is hidden from Allah. What do we learn over here? In the previous verses we learned that how Allah is Allahid, the dominant, the prevailing. Here we learn that He istawa ala al-arsh. When we think of someone who is high, we think of such a huge distance between us and them. Right? Listen to this. This is a narration in Musnad Ahmad. Allah says to His angels, Call my servants for me. Meaning have them talk to me. There should be some communication between me and my servants. The angel said, How, O our Lord, when there are seven skies separating them, and then the arsh is above the seven skies. Meaning, how is that possible? How can your servants call upon you? Right? How is that going to happen? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that when they say, La ilaha illallah, they shall be responded. They shall be heard. So the distance between a servant and his Lord is only that of how much? La ilaha illallah. It is only how much? The words of your praise and glorification and your dua to Allah. Allah is not far. He is high. He is Allahir. But He is also Al-Batin. And see over here, Allah says, وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ He is with you. With you. Now with you, there's different types of with you. One type of with you is that someone is with us in the sense that they are physically in the same place as we are in. 
But is that always helpful? Is that always helpful? You know, sometimes we think that just if we are in a public place, we'll be fine. Right? But that's not always very helpful. You could be in the most busiest of places. And if, God forbid, something happens to you, it's not necessary that everybody is going to run to rescue you and help you. It's not necessary. It's quite possible that people will ignore you, even though they see that you're in trouble. So just because someone is with us in the sense that they're in the same space, in the same place, that's not necessarily helpful. Doesn't it happen that in a huge group of people, in a party, at a dinner, at a wedding, you feel alone? Has it ever happened with you? You're sitting at a dinner party, at a wedding, forget about dinner party, wedding, where there's maybe 300 people, everybody's decked out, so are you, and you're sitting at a table by yourself. Or there's people on the same table, but you're quiet, and they're quiet, and everybody's just on their phone. So one type of ma'a, ma'iya, is that someone is in the same place as you are in. That's not always helpful. There is another kind of ma'iya. There is another kind of ma'iya. Which is, when someone says, as you're walking into your examination hall, I'm with you. Right? Or as you are going to do something very difficult, they say, I'm with you. What does it mean? I'm not going to forget you. Right? I fully support you. Or you're going to start something very difficult and they say, I'm in this with you 100%. What does it mean? You have my 100% support. I got your back. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. Right? I'm watching you. I'm protecting you. I'm supporting you. I'm helping you. I'm assisting you. I'm here. And is it possible that this individual is not with you in that same place? Yes. Right? You decide to do something, and your parents who are living in a different country, they say to you, for example, that we're with you on this. Right? Go get that car, I'm with you on this. Right? Go here, do this, I'm with you on this. What does it mean? I'm going to be physically present right next to you? No, it means you've got my support. So, وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ When Allah says that He is with you, what does it mean? Remember that there are two types of ma'iyah. When it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being with His servants, it is of two levels. The first level is a general level. That Allah is with His creation in the sense that He knows about them, everything about them. That He provides for them. That He protects them. He sustains them. Because He is their Rabb, He is their Lord. So He ensures that they're getting what they need. Right? Physical, bodily, worldly needs. Right? For survival. He provides for them. So He is with you as in, He witnesses your actions. Alright? And this is mentioned in Surah Al-Mujadila, ayah number 7, that مَا يَكُونُ مِن نَجْوَى ثَلَاثَةٍ إِلَّا هُوَ رَابِعُهُمْ وَلَا خَمْسَةٍ إِلَّا هُوَ سَادِسُهُمْ وَلَا أَدْنَى مِن ذَلِكَ وَلَا أَكْثَرَ إِلَّا هُوَ مَعَهُمْ أَيْنَمَا كَانُوا No matter how many people there are, no matter where they are, when they're having a conversation, who is with them? Allah is with them. He knows what they're talking about. He's witnessing their actions. Alright? So this is a general level of Maria. But then there is a higher level of Maria. And that is the level of help 
and assistance of special care. Like when Musa salam and Harun salam were they afraid to go to Fir'aun? They were very afraid. And what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? إِنِّي مَعَكُمَا أَسْمَعُ وَأَرَى I am with you. I hear and I see. Meaning I'll be listening everything that Fir'aun says to you. And I'll be watching. I got everything in control. When the Prophet ﷺ was in the cave with Abu Bakr anhu, and the mushrikeen were right there outside the cave, and had they looked down, they would have seen the Prophet ﷺ. And Abu Bakr anhu was extremely scared. What did the Prophet ﷺ say at that time? لا تحزن Don't be sad. Why? Because in Allah ma'ana. Indeed Allah is with us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to protect us. As Allah says in the Quran, that in Allah Allah is with those people who have taqwa. Meaning He helps them. He doesn't leave them. He doesn't abandon them. And also those who do ihsan, Allah is with them. وَاصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah is with those who are patient. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah is with those who believe. So there are certain qualities, certain characteristics, which if a person observes, which if a person develops, then what does he get? Allah's special companionship, in the sense that He cares and protects the servant. Which qualities are they? Iman, taqwa, Sabr, Ihsan. Right? So, وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ He is with you no matter where you are. He is with you. Witnessing your actions. Watching what you do. Listening to you. And He doesn't just watch you. He doesn't just know your external state. But He also knows your internal state. Because وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ He's watching whatever that you do. And He sees inside of you also what's going on in your heart. Right? So, وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ The Prophet wasallam. remember this is a Madani surah, right? And in the beginning of the Madani era, were there any battles? Were there any battles? How many? Too many. We think only four or five. That's it. But there were actually many, many more expeditions. Many more. Anyway, Anas radiallahu anhu, he said that whenever the Prophet ﷺ would go for an expedition, and remember, every time he went for an expedition, it was very difficult. There were times when he left and his daughter was sick to the point of dying. There were times when he left and people did not have enough animals to ride on. There were times when he left for an expedition and he knew that the army was many times their own size. It wasn't easy. So whenever he would go out for an expedition, he would say, Allahumma anta abudi wa nasiri bika ahulu wa bika asulu وَبِكَ أُقَاتِلْ These are such beautiful words. And they can only be said by a person who knows that his Lord is Allahir and Al-Batil. That his Lord is with him no matter where he is. اللَّهُمَّ أَنْتَ عَضُدِي 
وَنَصِيرِي O Allah, You are my عَضُد Meaning, the one from whom I seek help, with whom I seek help. وَنَصِيرِي You are my helper. You see, عَضُد is your arm. So, أَنْتَ عَضُدِي وَنَصِيرِي I seek strength in you, through you. You are going to help me. بِكَ أَحُولُ وَبِكَ أَصُولُ By you I move, and by you I reach. Meaning there is not a step that I can take except with your help. بِكَ أَحُولُ وَبِكَ أَصُولُ أَصُولُ That I reach. وَبِكَ أُقَاتِلُ And by you I fight. Meaning I can only do this with your aid. لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Allah says to him belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth. وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورِ And to Allah are returned all matters. All matters. They return to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because He is Allahir. He is Al-Akhir. Right? So all matters are going to return to Him. Whatever those matters are. What about the creation? What do we own? Because Allah says, لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ What do we own? In Surah Saba, Ayah 22, Allah says, لَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ They don't even own something that is equivalent to the weight of an atom. Neither in the heavens nor in the earth. While we may own it, do we have control over it? Do we have control over it? No, we don't. Doesn't it happen sometimes? You have your phone, you thought you put it on silent, but then what happens? What happens? It goes off. Right? You thought you put it on, you know, you turned the Wi-Fi off or something, and then somebody starts calling you. You thought you did it, but you clearly didn't do it. You thought you had control over it, but you clearly don't have control over it. This is our reality. Whatever we own, we own it temporarily. Whatever we own, we own it with weakness. With weakness. And Allah, لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Now if you think about it, the mulk of Allah is being mentioned over and over again. In different ways. That how He is the owner. He is the khaliq. He is the creator. And it's being mentioned in different ways. Why? Remember this is a madani surah. Correct? And at the beginning especially, there was a lot of hardship. There were the enemies from Makkah who were coming to fight. And then there were the enemies from Medina who were constantly betraying the Muslims, who were a constant threat to the Muslims' existence. Now what happens is that when you see someone who's powerful, do you fear them? Do you fear them? Naturally you would fear them. These ayat remind us that the power and wealth of people is nothing compared to the power of Allah. Realize who owns real power? لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورِ How much power does Allah have? يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ He causes the night to enter the day. وَيُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ And He causes the day to enter into the night. What is this referring to? That how, when the day ends, the night begins. And when the night ends, the day begins. So who changes this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We might say, oh well this happens because of the rotation of the earth. Right? Well yes, but who made that happen? Who created this system? 
Who decided that it should run like this? Because it's so specific, I mean, it's so fine-tuned that it couldn't be by chance. So who did this? يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ وَيُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ وَهُوَ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ And he is knowing of that which is within the breasts, that which is in the hearts of men. What the people keep inside, hiding it inside, Allah knows about it. So fear him. Because if you think about it, if Allah knows what's inside of you, can you pretend in front of him? Can we pretend in front of people? Somebody says to you, you okay? And you're very angry inside. And you say, yes, I'm okay, I'm fine. And then there you are standing, talking. Are you fine inside? No, you're not. You're just pretending. And we're just hoping that this person never really finds out what we're thinking inside. Because if they found out what, what we're thinking inside, they would probably hate us. Right? So we can pretend in front of people. But can we pretend in front of Allah? No. وَهُوَ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ So all people fear Allah. Alright, let's listen to the recitation. هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامٍ ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ يَعْلَمُ مَا يَلِجُ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهَا وَمَا يَنْزِلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَمَا يَعْرُجُ فِيهَا وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورِ يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ وَيُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ وَهُوَ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ 